Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. Um, And today is the final of five episodes that we've been having where we've been talking to Life Bible Fellowship Church local outreach partners as part of our Justice and Mercy series and talking about how we can be involved in the community. So really excited today. We've got Cami Grosvenor, um, President and CEO of Inland Valley Hope Partners. And we've also got Dane here, one of our very own church members. You have been sort of our liaison, our connection with IVHP, which we'll call it from here on out (laughs) instead of saying the full name. Um, But really excited to talk to you guys. We've got to partner with you in different ways as a church, and we're excited about seeing more ways that we can move forward. So um, I'd love to start with you, Cami. Just give us an overview. Help us, for, for anybody not familiar, give us an overview of what IVHP does and how people are a part of what's going on with that. Sure, you got it. Well, we've been in the community since 1968, where a bunch of local churches came together and saw there was a need for housing and food and a lot of other things in the community. And so really, that's our focus. We have kind of three areas. The third area is a supportive area. So we have our food security program, which helps about 50,000 people a year um, by providing uh, three to five days of food each month. And then we have some housing programs that help homeless families primarily, but also single women um, who are going through hard times. And we also have a rental assistance program to help people avoid becoming homeless. And then supporting roles is our healthy living program. So we have a certified farmer's market in Pomona that helps families access fresh produce uh, to help their quality of um, life and health. (laughs) And then we have a gleaning program and we have a partnership with Amy's Farm that all all are aimed to help families access fresh, healthy produce. Well, that's awesome. And I know, Dane, just when we were talking a little bit before you were talking, because you've been involved with IVHP for a while, you were talking about how some of us, myself included, can think it's a food bank. But you're talking about there's shelter involved with this too. Yeah, when I first uh, started working with IHP, I... Um, I just thought it was a big food bank in Ontario, and uh, that that is a big part of it. But they get um, rental assistance for people who need rental. They have uh, a whole shelter that they've actually, we'll probably talk about today, they're expanding and having to put sprinkler systems and things in there so that more families can can use the shelter. And a number of other programs that helps provide like financial assistance mm-hmm. and um, meals and all kinds of things to all, you know the needy people, people in the uh, the area. Yeah. Well, well, part of you know part of the reason why we've been doing these episodes for for our church and for anybody who wants to listen is because we have been having an emphasis on each of us adopting a local outreach partner, you know, either as a small group or as a family, and praying, giving, volunteering. Um, so, what I'd love to do right now is just hear from each of you. How did you get involved? Obviously, Cami significant staff role, but how did this all come about that you found yourself in this position? Well, interestingly, since college, I've really been involved in the nonprofit world. I tried tried to go for-profit, but the Lord would not let me go do that. (laughs) So I've been in the for-profit, or excuse me, nonprofit um, role since then. And first I was working um, for a charity in San Dimas that was focused on children's needs. And, you know, they say it's who you know. And um, I had been there for quite a few years and Hope Partners I I knew some people there and they needed a director of development and I went over there and really my calling 
Um, for Hope Partners is the children. That's always been what the Lord has placed on my heart since I was an itty-bitty kid myself. And so uh, I really got excited about helping the families that were experiencing homelessness. And, and in our food security program at the time, about 50% of who we were serving were kids. Mm. And so that really played upon my heart and really trying to change the outcomes for them. And so I joined the team as the director of development in January, February of 2014. And when my predecessor retired, I took over as CEO and it's been about four or five years almost uh, in that role. And it's been a learning curve, but really, really, really rewarding. So uh, I, the money wasn't the draw. It was really the the helping others in need. So That's awesome. And, and Dane, for you as a volunteer, when you're out lifting weights, you're helping <laughs> IVHP. But uh, did, just talk a little bit about how did this come, a, come about for you as a volunteer that this turned into something that you're very passionate about and you've been very involved with? Yeah, I was really surprised to see how far I've, you know, I've come with, with, with this type of ministry, considering like six, seven years ago, um, I, really, I really didn't know much about food banks or nonprofits. And so now um, I get to be a board member uh, with with um, the program and help weigh in on different decisions and things like that. And it all started when we were doing Christmas drives with the Gap Food Bank. And so one year, um, I have a weightlifting friend who worked at Albertsons, and I was telling him about how we have a, a, a donation, a mill donation for um, the holidays. And he was like, "Oh man, don't you know? Don't just get one or two turkeys, like." Let me talk with my store manager and let's see if we can like make this grow. And then so he came and said, hey, we can match up to 100 mils of, of turkeys that year. And that that um, at the time it was Russ Parker. And so we talked about it and really tried to see how we can get the church to make sure we hit that match. And then each year they've kind of increased it. And then so um, one year I think they matched like 400 mils, 350, 400 mils. And then so that was like um, 800 mils the church um, grew to donate. And that's by that time after the Gap Food Bank had kind of shut down, we transitioned over to uh, the Valley Hope Partners. And that was a, a really fluid transition. They've got the resources there. They've got a great food bank. And um, I know for a number of years, a lot of life groups and church families and stuff would go down there and help with handing out food. Um, we did a big uh, uh, like Thanksgiving meal with hamburgers and such mm -hmm. one year, and that was a really cool thing to see. And so we've done, uh, as a church, it was really cool to see the church do all these different things, working with um, in the Valley for the, uh, the, uh, the Thanksgiving meal drive. And now it's kind of expanded to... Um, Christmas as well, mm -hmm. and a little bit throughout the years, Albertsons will call and say they have extra, um, extra goods they can they can you know uh, donate and such. Um, we'll work with in the valley to get those goods over there and distributed. So we start off with was kind of a small like oh I'm thinking about bringing in a couple of turkeys you know do you have stuff in stock <laughs> with right. my weightlifting friend kind of expanded to this you know, 800 mil program that the church has really, you know, grabbed a hold of. And then uh, I guess me kind of more on an ongoing role working with uh, the board and yeah. the food bank and such. Which is, which is such yeah. a cool thing because it's yeah. one of those where you don't know. Sometimes you're just taking that next step of faith. Yeah. You're, you're just saying, this is what I think Jesus has called me to do today. Yeah. And you don't know that, like you're saying, six <laughs> or seven years down the line, you're going to say, how did I how did I get here? I just kept <laughs> taking the next step of following Jesus. Yeah, and it's like part of my daily prayers, this food yeah. bank and the shelter and all these needs and, and even looking to do um, 
subcommittees and such for to kind of help housing improvements and help with the shelter and uh, uh, like really passionate about it, really feeling Jesus, yeah. you know, uh, in, in mine and, and my wife's too, Stephanie's heart on, on she's asking a lot about it and, and, and what's going on and just a lot of interest to see, you know, this, this ministry progress. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, so, all right. So Cammie, mm-hmm. you know, you, you talked and, and I loved how you put it earlier that when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, there's, there's numbers, there's details, there's all that. But at the heart, it's about the people that you get to help. I, I'd love to just hear you share, wh- what are some things that have been moments where you've got to see, like, this is what it's about, yeah. like what we're getting to do right here. This is why we do this, because you're seeing lives impacted. Absolutely. And, and there's so many that rush at me as we're, as we're talking. Uh, but the one that immediately came to mind was actually last year. Uh, we have an Adopt-A-Family program every Christmas, and it's for low-income families locally that don't know how they're going to provide uh, Christmas for their kids. And, and uh, churches come together, businesses come together, uh, local rotaries and things, and adopt these families for the holidays. And in my role now, I'm a lot more hands-off with the clients than I once was, and so I don't get to see a lot of it uh, firsthand. And the one that the Lord had me jump on last year, uh, there people were moving, I go, let me help out. And it was a, a grandfather who had just received custody of like seven grandchildren, oh, wow. just like a lot of grandchildren, didn't know what he was going to do, and was overwhelmed with the process of taking them in. And, you know, we start bringing out the gifts for his kids and he just starts crying, you know, and goes, I didn't know what I was going to do. And you guys just, my, my, my grandkids have had such a hard year and this is just going to make their Christmas. Thank you. And, and, you know, that's one of a hundred plus families that we helped. And then we also have a gentleman who's so good about coming back. He's one of our first rapid rehousing families. He was experiencing homelessness and he had a young baby in his possession and, and an older child. And, uh, through our connections and and just the way things worked out, he was able to find a job as a chef, and we were able to reconnect him with some family members that were able to help out with uh, childcare and different things. And so he started becoming more and more successful. We helped get him an apartment. We paid for it for the first six months, and really helped him stabilize. And he came back in six months a year ago to let us know he's. He's been remarried. Him and his him and his wife have um, bought a house. They're mm. having another kid. He's part owner in that restaurant. Just you know, and this is all. He was one of our first clients in 2015. Wow. So you know, in a in a six seven year time frame with COVID, which impacted so many people negatively, uh, he's just doing fantastic. And and it really. It, it keeps you going on the hard days, yeah. <laughs> for sure. I love that. And, and and when you're talking about this, one of the questions that this brings up, and I'll ask you first, but Dane, you can you can also contribute if something comes to mind. Um, I think we all have sort of ideas in our minds about homeless people or about people who would be in need in this. And some of those ideas might be accurate, but some of them probably aren't. I'm, I'm curious, what are some things that you think people don't understand about the person that's typically receiving this help or in need of this kind of help. Sure. I don't know. I don't want to jump in over you, but I think even for me, I'm learning day by day and I've been with the organization for about eight years or so now. Um, and you do have abuses, you have the things you think of, but what I'm finding is even with those um, individuals, they've had traumatic childhoods. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taught them a different way. Sorry, I get a little, <laughs> it's all right. you know, I think so often we've grown up 
you know, I have an intact, my parents are still married. I was raised Christian. I, you know, I have that foundation and these people have not all, but a lot of them, especially the homeless families we worked with have had such, um, traumatic lives. And so sometimes we can judge the decisions that they're Mm -hmm. making, but we don't understand the decision process that got them there and the circumstances that got them to think that this is the way to go. So I think even for the judgments we might have, that's something good for people to keep in mind is we haven't walked in their shoes to get there. Um, And so for me, each and every day, the Lord's showing me more and more, you know, like I said, I've been there eight years and some of these revelations have just started coming in recent years. (laughs) So it's just, it's a, it's a learning process. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. For you, Dane. Yeah. You know, when we took the, uh, the tour of the shelter, right. Mm -hmm. That was really eye opening for me because, um, it's families, right? So it's not just a guy you see that, you know, maybe, you know, drinking on the corner of 7-Eleven, the people that are really, you know, um, coming for this type of help that we see in the shelters or even in the food bank and, and such are family with, 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 with children and small children. So I think I think almost everybody staying in the shelter right now has, mm-hmm. has a child with them. Yeah, right at this right? moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we do take single women from time to time. And that makes me think of one of the first clients I met, Elaine, and she had was living in her in her in her van uh her husband had had a protracted illness and mm-hmm. she had lost her job and helping to see him through that and when he passed she lost her place she didn't have family nearby she did, and she was one of the first clients I got to mm-hmm. meet in our shelter program and uh, she's doing great too <laughs> and she's mm-hmm. one that will come back and visit but uh so it, I think it's not what people it, typically it's, think it's really cool that this ministry is like part of breaking the cycle, right? Yeah. You know, someone's mm-hmm. down on their luck. They may have made bad decisions. They've got children. They're taking their children through these decisions and this lifestyle with them. And then there's this ministry, whether it be the shelter or the food bank or rental assistance or, mm-hmm. or a different type of, of, of methods to, um, you know, help their children, like, get to uh, lunch mm-hmm. and normal schools, right, and have right. clothes or Christmas gifts or a place to stay, you know, for a while. Or even, you know, at the shelter, they do so much more than just a place to stay. They have uh, a whole program that you're part of. So it teaches you how to budget your money. They help them save. There's a portion of their money mm-hmm. that you guys yeah. help them save, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they give it back to them when they leave. So they kind of have mm-hmm. some some money to start up when they get on their feet. There's a... um there's like a, a time limit that they're supposed to be Correct. in there, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's a 30 to 90 day shelter yeah. with some of the housing issues. People have stayed, you know, a little bit longer, but our average is 90 days right now. It's okay. actually 89 yeah. to be exact. <laughs> I was surprised. That's how it's yeah. worked out. Yeah. So it's typically people that, that get this, you know, they get to, they have a job, they have things going, they're just living out of their van or they're, you know, or, or living in someone's garage or couch surfing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this, these, these programs give them that, jumpstart like oh i can save a little bit of money i can get my kids in a better spot i can get them to school they need to right or clothes or different donations and then you know take that step to be like oh i can do this now i have a little bit of money i'm not just behind i'm not couch surfing Mm -hmm. right Um, they help me find a place to stay a room to rent or whatever and then you see that cycle just get broken and and like the success stories that cammy was saying you know they go on don't hopefully own their own business and house and, you know, be able to take their family out of yeah. that situation. Well, and that, that thing that you were saying about breaking the cycle, I mean, when, when, when you read scripture and, you know, and there's talk of sort of generational sins or, you know, we, we could look at other things and the terminology isn't necessarily used, but we can see like, all right, generational dysfunctions that happen. Those are hard to break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, man, that the idea of this being the moment where family could say, all right, we are going to give our kids something different here. 
Um, and, and part of it, when you were sharing Cami, I like, I know for me, it, I also got, like, I grew up in a stable intact family. When I think of like, what would it have taken for me to get homeless? Like I would have had to try. Yeah. yeah. Like I would have had to, <laughs> like, I, I'm like 75 bad decisions, like mm-hmm. really bad decisions away from being homeless. Yeah. And just to realize there's a whole bunch of people that are one, yes. like one bad. And so we can say they made a bad decision. Sometimes that's true. We would have had to make 75. They had to make one bad decision and suddenly they're they're in this sort of subsistence situation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's it's totally appropriate for us to have compassion and to recognize like what why would I think given that situation? Like I don't deserve any special credit that I'm not homeless. Right. It, it's not because of me. It's it's largely because of by God's mercy that the situation that he set me up in where I had very healthy norms that just by going with the flow. I was going to avoid some some of these difficulties in life, but you look at the idea of saying, "Man, what if you'd grown up in a situation where one bad decision, one dumb decision, was going to put you there?" Most of us would be there. Yeah, most of us would be in that situation. It's so true. Yeah. Well, what are you know? And this is another thing when we talk about sort of what we have in mind. I think for some of us, when we think about homeless ministry, we think of like the soup kitchen. We're yeah. Like, which it, there's nothing wrong with that thinking of that, but. Being involved with IVHP, there's a variety of different skill sets and things that are brought to the table. So you could just walk us through, if anybody's listening to this and saying, this sounds exciting to me, I want to be a part of this, what might be some needs that you have? And also maybe even some unexpected skill sets that people could say, well, I do that. I could help with that one. Absolutely. Dana and I were talking about this a little earlier and, you know, there's there's passing the food out at the pantries. There's we get bulk food donations. There's bagging it and there's coordinating drives and things like that. But some of the things we actually kind of need right now are uh, we're short a bookkeeper. We need help, you know, filing and making phone calls and doing things in the office, um, you know, and just a couple hours here and there sometimes might help. Uh, we need help planning some of our fundraising events or on the board. So um, I think people sometimes are afraid to dive in in different ways, like you said, because of the different skill sets. But those are all things we can use. We need people to pray for us. We need people Mm -hmm. to financially support us. You know, there's so there's so many ways that people can be involved, you know, and you as a church are involved in so many ways. And so to partner with you, whether it's for the walk or the Thanksgiving meals or whatever, uh, we would welcome everyone's participation. Cool. Yeah, I was going to tag on that too, that the church has been doing a pretty good job of really looking at needs and partnering with um, the, 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 the um, IVHB. And so, um, you know, donating for Thanksgiving meals, right? That goes a long ways and there's certain budget for that. And the more, you know, the church donates, the more meals we can do and, 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 and partner with them. Um, we have the Community Impact Day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we've been, you know, helping out down at the shelter with, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, food bank with different types of landscaping needs that they need, right? And yep, that'll and, be rolling around in March again that, this that's year. That's right. We just saw it on our <laughs> on our staff calendar. They'll yep. be here before we know that, it. That's right. Yeah. So we can we can and we can you know if we get enough people, we can even maybe help with inventory or different type of other projects around uh, uh, the, the 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 food bank down there, and then also. Um, uh, just like she was saying, they have golf tournaments that are big fundraisers and the walk, you know, and we had a few people show up for the, the, uh, uh, it's like a 5k walk around downtown Claremont. And so that's a good way to, that helps with their fundraising as yeah. well. Yeah. And I would say we're open to gaps that 
your people might identify with sure. us. I remember um, working with Russ Parker and with Ron Weissman, and they were like, you guys need a better system with this. You know, <laughs> uh, I know Russ had like a logistical background and stuff. And um, so they kind of helped organize our staff a little bit at the food security program based on some of their knowledge uh social media, young kids that know that kind of stuff, video people, you know, different things like that. Um, I'm not that old, but I feel old when it comes to some of this technical <laughs> stuff already. Um, it so, has passed you know, us by. Yeah, we're, right. The three of us are dinosaurs. <laughs> we're dinosaurs yeah. in yeah, this world. world. But, you know, especially for young people that maybe don't have money but have time, we would welcome people to help make us a little more relevant mm. on social media. TikTok dance, right? <laughs> Let's do right. a Figure it out. <laughs> Let's do a food bank TikTok so, dance. <laughs> um, so it's interesting as people get to know us, I've found that sometimes people identify gaps that we didn't even mm. know we had. Uh, so we welcome input. Good. Well, well I'd, like, uh, I'd like to ask this to you, Dan, and then Cami, you're certainly welcome to, to share from yourself also, but just as you've, you shared a little bit about how you got involved and how it's impacted your heart, but just how would you say it's impacted your overall relationship with Jesus getting involved here and just having this be a big part of how you're serving him? Yeah, it's really, it's really great to, um, you know, to have a purpose, right? To have another purpose that you feel like Jesus is calling you towards and to say, yes, you know, this is, this isn't like I was saying, this isn't, you know, six, seven years ago, I didn't really picture myself in this role. Um, I picture we, we do, um, my wife and I help with the Baja ministries in Mexico and more hands on and, you know, or build a house or something like that to maybe, you know, have more of an administrative role. It's what we're doing now or to encourage people to fundraise and things like that and marketing and, and stuff around church or organizing different drugs. I, um, that's not something that I didn't think was, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't see myself called towards, but man, it's really, it, it's really something when you feel Jesus call and you're praying about something and, um, and, and, he, and the opportunity just opens, right? You're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I'm doing this and that. So Albertsons and this would totally make sense. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just ask and see. And then, you know, things just kind of fall into place. And before you know it, you get to be part of this great ministry in the way that, the way that, that I am and get to pray about it and, and, uh, see this group work and see lives changed, right? You know? and see the cycle being broke, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about. And um, uh, uh, that just, you know, just starting with prayer, then seeing where it takes you and keeping your eyes open for what Jesus wants you to do, an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and for you, Cammie, any, anything come to mind just because there's, as it, there's, there's a practical component, but we also, especially as a church, we're like, there, there's a spiritual component oh, of this. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I think I shared, you know, I tried to go the for-profit route and the Lord kept closing doors and said, no, you're supposed to be over here. And um, it, with each organization, though, he works on my heart to really mm. have have the compassion and the prayer life for the people we serve. But what's interesting is um, when I took over as CEO, I really prayed to the Lord and said, you know, is this what you want? I had a one-year-old at home, you know, um, and it was, it was a lot to take on at that time. And, and the Lord was prodding me forward with it. And I told him, if you want me to have this role, I really want to make sure that or our organization glorifies you. And so that's always my prayer is that he's glorified in what we, we do. And we try to we try to pray for the clients. But what I've found even is the Lord working on me to pray for my staff. Hmm. And we're a 501c3 and we are Christian based, but we don't require staff to necessarily be Christian. And he's worked on people's hearts that aren't Christian and they've become saved or people who thought they were Christian, but didn't 
really have the walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really rewarding to see and to be part of an organization where, I mean, honestly, I need the Lord every day to get yeah. <laughs> to get through that job. Uh, there's yeah. days. Uh, Monday was was it a full moon on Monday? You know, it was one of those <laughs> days where you know you got to close the door and pray for a minute. And I'm blessed to have uh, fellow servants there that we can close the door together and pray and share each other's burdens too. And and that's really a rare thing I think in uh, even in the nonprofit world to just really be able to say the name of Jesus, speak the name of Jesus, and pray in His name over the people we serve, over the staff, and and everything that's happening. And so um, the leadership role that the Lord's pulled me through in that, and like I said, I need him every day to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I think, yeah, I mean, what, one of the passages that keeps coming to mind as we're talking about this is there's this passage in Galatians about an interaction that the Apostle Paul had with James when it was sort of like the church was starting and was Paul legit? Was he saying the same thing? And he talks about how they connected and realized they were pro proclaiming the same gospel. And then just Paul has this comment that he says, um, before I left, James just wanted to emphasize to make sure wherever we go, we take care of the poor. Mm -hmm. And then Paul says, and that was the very thing I wanted to do all along. Mm. And so what IVHP and as an organization does, I mean, this is so close to the heart of God. You know, we it's exciting to get to that spiritual component and realize it's all in it's all intertwined here, that this is something that's close to God's heart. And so here, here's what I want to ask, just just maybe as sort of a, a parting thing. For somebody listening to this that's saying, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I wanna explore more. I like I wanna take a next step of exploration to see if this might be a place that I would volunteer or get involved with. What would be the recommendation of sort of taking that first next step? Well, depending on how brave and bold they want to be, <laughs> they really want to just get in, we then maybe give, go through a date yeah, and get involved with Yeah, we can give some tiered <laughs> options yeah. for that. Exactly. So if they just kind of want to nibble and, and, and slowly kind of go dive in there, uh, maybe connect with Dane and get involved with what the church is doing. Um, but if they want to dive in deeper, then reach out to us. You, we have a contact us on our website and they can reach out and, and get in contact with our volunteer coordinator or development director or me. Um, and our website is www.inlandvalleyhopepartners.org. So we welcome them to reach out. That's good. And we'll put that up. We'll make sure when we post this video to YouTube, we'll have that website on there so that people can just have an easy link there. That's the great thing about the internet is we can get that quick. You know, they can check it out. They can find out what's going on and figure out if this is something that they want to take that next step. And we do hope that a number of people from our church do take that next step and become involved in the ministry here. So, well, thank you so much to both of you for coming and doing this. This has just been, I know one of the things that's been fun for me in these episodes is that some of these organizations I've known a lot about, some of them not as much. I love that I go away saying, I understand better what IVHP <laughs> is doing, Good. even though I kind of felt like an insider. It's, it's really cool to hear. And so thank you for what you're both doing. And we look forward to seeing more people get involved. Yeah, yeah we do too. Yes, Thanks, Dan. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, This absolutely. is really neat what you're doing. We appreciate it letting us be a part of it for yes. sure good well and thank you to everybody um who took the time to watch or to listen to this 
Um, we put out episodes of The Christian Contrast every two weeks, and so we'll be back with another episode in two weeks. And we also invite anybody who has a comment, question, interaction. Um, we love posting this stuff to get interactions, so you can find this and all of our uh, podcast episodes on YouTube, on our Life Bible Fellowship Church YouTube channel, and also just on our website, lbf.church. So we invite interaction and engagement, and we'll be back in another two weeks with another episode of The Christian Contrast. So thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.